0: edition of Athena's Blueprint for Success. I'm Holly Smithson, Athena's CEO, and we are super excited to celebrate Women's History Month. In our studio today, we have the lovely and talented Amy Johnson, who is the Chief Operating Officer at Ripple NAMI. And Amy, thank you so much for coming in to help us celebrate Women's History Month uh, with your career journey.
1: Thank you, Holly. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you for inviting me.
0: Now, you have an amazing pedigree, an amazing background, uh, and I can only imagine the stories along the way, um, starting from Victoria to Melbourne to the Philippines, and obviously here in California, uh, launching and running a company out of Africa, Uh, not the movie, but the actual continent. Um, and so, I'd love for you to tell your story about Ripple Nami, um, about your career, and really what got you interested in this
1: career path. Sure, no worries. Thank you, Holly. Well, look, let me start with where I am today. And as you kindly introduced, I'm the Chief Operating Officer of Ripple Nami. And so, Ripple Nami is a, a technology company working to deliver innovative solutions to people across the globe, but currently our focus is emerging markets in Africa. Um, And so we focus on building transparency and traceability through uh, big data analytics and uh, blockchain based data collection uh, and visualization. And so we, we essentially take big data And through some very sophisticated technology, we make sense of that data and turn it into actionable information uh, presented in a very user-friendly interface so that uh, people can actually make use of that that data. We're currently working with the, the government of Uganda. And so we've been working with approximately eight ministries taking their data that's been stored in silos and breaking down those silos Uh, putting all that big data into our analytics engine and matching it together and presenting it in in such a way to identify landlords who are not being compliant with their rental tax obligations and so we've really it's the first country in the world that has combined uh, national government data with local government data to identify people who are not compliant with their tax obligations and the results have been phenomenal so Last quarter, the Uganda Revenue Authority collected 19.2 million uh, US dollars, equivalent of 19.2 US dollars in uh, rental uh, income tax revenues, which is a 44% increase in the same quarter the previous year. So the results have been phenomenal. It's very exciting that we're helping a, a country grow its middle income. Um, But as you said I I started this career uh, a long way away from from where I am today. I actually have a background in in psychiatric nursing. So I started off with a a bachelor's degree in in health and behavioral science. Um, and, And what's interesting is I really didn't want that degree so what I wanted to do when I set out in my career I wanted to be a beautician and a cosmetologist and my mother said nope that is not the career I want for my daughter you are if you're going to do something you at least have to do nursing as a minimum and so she forced me into this nursing career which I really didn't want to do Um, and I thought oh my gosh the most boring thing and so I thought, well, psychiatric nursing is a little bit more interesting. And so that's the career path I took. By third year of my uh, university university degree, I realized this is not the career for me. I, I do not like it. I, this is not a good fit. Um, I, 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 I went on and I, I finished the degree, even though I knew this isn't what I wanted. I finished the degree anyway, because uh, look, I'm, I'm almost there. I may as well get the qualification and then I went on to do community nursing for a couple of years and I hated it. (laughs) I hated every minute of it and so from there I I actually ended up getting a job in a telecommunications company. So I started on the phones selling mobile phones so in in the sales in a call center so a lowly job. I didn't need a degree. I didn't need any of my you know education but it was the start of an amazing 11 year career at that company. So I I worked my way up through various departments and various positions and I ended up the outsource operations manager. And so we were focused initially on outsourcing our um, financial service division, uh, firstly within Australia and then eventually overseas and so i had the opportunity to spend a few months living in the philippines helping to set up the call center there it was absolutely an amazing experience Uh, it was absolutely amazing i had a wonderful career a wonderful like i loved what i did i had a wonderful group of friends amazing social circle life was wonderful and then I fell in love with an American and left it all behind to start again, in America. So that was, uh, it was very interesting. And it was, it, was, it was challenging having to, I left, sold all my belongings, left with two suitcases, started again completely. Um, and, and, uh, and that was very interesting. It, I had to take a, a few steps back in my career um, I ended up taking a, a job as a supervisor in another call center type environment for a company called Breg. They, they make uh, sports and orthopedic products. Um, and while that was, a, I guess, a bit of a hit to my career, it was an amazing company. They had an amazing company culture. And I was able to really learn a lot from, from that company. I went on to work for a company called NCE Computer Group who dealt with the the hardware side of computer technology. And and at that company, I met an amazing mentor and uh, amazing woman, Jan Taylor, who really did so much for me as a a, a manager and in my career, just her mentorship and her guidance. She shaped me in ways I'm sure she has no idea (laughs) that she did. Um, And that, that was a wonderful experience. And then I went on to work for another technology company called uh, Independer. We focused on uh, elder care technology through the television to help uh, remote engagement and help elderly people live uh, in, in their homes of their choice for longer. Um, and that was a great opportunity because through that company, I met my current mentor, Jay Connolly Label, who's the chairman and CEO of, of Ripponami. And so, she went, she the, at the time she was the, the CFO of Independer. And so she went on to, to um, really launch Rukunami and bring it into the company that it is today. And eventually she took me with her. And so I've had the pleasure of working with Jay for almost like eight, almost nine years now, which is, uh, and, and she's a, an amazing woman, a very strong, powerful uh, woman, and a fantastic mentor as well. And so um, it's been an amazing experience. I, I love what I do. I, uh, I really enjoy working with technology and I especially enjoy working in emerging markets and, and making that impact the difference that we're actually making. So it's, it's, it's been a journey.
0: And I, you know, listening to your, uh, listen to your story, it, um, it's so cool that you had that, that, that access point, uh, or that, that influence from your mom who had a vision for you, um, yeah. and she wanted it to be much more grander than what her daughter was sharing was her original kind of vision. Yeah. Um, so getting those, getting those nudges and those pushes along the way, um, are important. They are, they are valuable. Yeah,
1: you know, one of the 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 biggest things is getting that degree. I mean, that degree changes everything. And you know, and I was faced with a decision. I knew I didn't look. It wasn't a career that I I particularly wanted, and I really didn't enjoy it. But that that degree opened up so many doors for me. Even though I ended up in a career that was completely different from from where I started, that degree um, changed everything.
0: Yeah, and tell me a little bit what I what I like about uh what I like about Ripple Nami, uh, and and we've had Jay on the show here uh, before, but I really enjoy the the premise that Ripple Nami, uh, this this enabling technology, this traceability, uh, the visualization of all of these different assets within the different regions and the uh, the countries and the local municipalities that now everybody gets to participate in the local digital economy. So that means the women and the girls can participate. If you have a phone and you can see what the going rate is for for your livestock, then you get to interact and engage in the sale and the commerce. Um, that gives women some sense of ownership and a purpose. They can then go to a bank and show that they, you know, demonstrate that they're generating revenue by selling their livestock. They get loans. I mean, it's amazing all of the different um, dimensions that, that Ripple NAMI is bringing to women in across uh, sub-Saharan Africa. So talk a little bit about that and, 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 what, and what the opportunities are um, as you guys continue to, to, to penetrate these emerging markets.
1: Yeah, sure. Um, one of the things we really strive to do, not only we have our technology suite and our, our technology solutions, but the countries we go into, we also uh, strive to build up that country um, ourselves and, and I guess walk the walk the walk and talk the talk. So for example, in Uganda, we set up a, a company, Riponami Uganda. And through that company, we've, um, we're working with several women We make it a point to to work with people on the ground, um, hire uh, people within that country and uh, grow the the employment and mentor those people. And really, give. I've had the wonderful opportunity of having some amazing mentors throughout my career. And I've working hard to really offer that back to the people that we're working with in these various countries. And so um, we've we've got several women working within our, uh, our company on the ground in Uganda Uh, both women and men and amazing people to work with very talented uh wonderful people to work with and so um it's been great and then mentoring those people and and uh and it's been very interesting with the the culture difference as well our our cultures are very very different (laughs) and so that's uh that's also interesting but it's it's been a, a wonderful journey yeah
0: yeah, so let's talk about that. Um, I I hear you on the culture uh, differences. Um, talk a little about how uh, that's played out for you um, and what's your experience been like since you've been out there in Africa and developing um, that very interesting part of the world.
1: Yeah, so uh, I, I think uh, in America, we have a lot more of a, a flat uh, work culture where... My mentors and my, my bosses essentially have been my uh mentors and friends. We're 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 on a level where um it, it's more of a, a flat culture if 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 that makes sense. We're we're working together rather than for. So we're working in partnership, even though these people are my uh employee employers, my boss or what have you. Whereas it's quite different over there in uh in terms of uh, there's definitely that hierarchy of boss to employee uh, nature, and that um, same partnership is doesn 't work the same uh, as it does here which is which is very interesting also in in america where we're encouraged and australia we 're encouraged to to challenge to bring ideas to uh, um, to to really uh, if you're thrashing around an idea or trying to come to a solution, you know, you're encouraged to do that. And that's, you're not encouraged to do that in Africa, typically. Um, you know, particularly like right now in Uganda, uh, it's interesting. Jay, Jay just has, is over there right now. And, uh, and she, she went into the, it's an interesting story. She went into the Uganda Revenue Authority Uh, and she got to meet all of the the team which and the supervisor there is actually a a a woman as well but uh so she got to meet the manager and the supervisor and she said no one came up to me well i'm standing there with all the people around who are working with us and working uh, alongside Rukunami using our software and she's like no one spoke to me the only people that spoke to me were the manager and the supervisor and uh and she's like i don't know why no one else would came up and spoke to me, and uh, and I was telling this story. Uh, one of my one of the employees over there said, "But it's not the culture. You you can't go and talk to her. <laughs> Only the people who are managers or supervisors would be empowered to do something like that. Everybody else, it's not your place. You don't have you know. So that that kind of you know something that we have to keep in mind, especially with the the employees that we've we've got. We really have to keep encouraging them, like, we want your participation, we want your ideas, please speak up, and really trying to grow them uh, to, to be able to do that, which is not culturally something that they would per- perhaps normally do, so that's a, it's a very interesting dynamic.
0: Well, it does sound a lot to me like the, the, your grandfather's workforce. It's more of that command and control. Um, mm-hmm. It is not, uh, It does not fall under the tenets that we know today here in the U.S. of, of inclus- um, inclusivity. Mm-hmm. Um, but when you have a USA-based uh, company who's established and hiring all local uh, folks over there, you do have an opportunity to, like the name suggests. Um, create that ripple and 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 bring about a tsunami in the way in which people collaborate and ideate and bring innovation to uh, the part of the world that desperately and quite frankly deserves to be a sovereign nation and 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 participate in the global digital economy that's right Um, so hats off so hats off to you and I think the company's nine is it nine years you've been over there do I have that
1: right uh, well, the company has been around for, uh, the company has been around for about nine years. Yes, yep. we started and, and uh, we initially started, we initially started with a a mapping solution, a data visualization solution. And from there, it's grown, it's grown into uh, livestock, it's grown into all kinds of, of data analysis. And it's, it's, it's been amazing now on the, the financial side, but to us, data is data, and, and it's, it's about taking that data and, and making something useful out of that data. And uh, it's, it's been an amazing journey. Yeah.
0: Well, it's, and, and I, you know, uh, I've, I've heard that the way that Ripple NAMI is received um, over in the African countries is quite warmly. And uh, specifically, there's a preference um, by some of the presidents for working with women. Um, and Jay has a lovely story that she has shared with me as a personal friend of mine. Um, might you might you share it with our audience?
1: So uh, several years ago, when we first were in Uganda to discuss the technology that we have, we uh, I had Jay and I had the opportunity to meet the president of Uganda to talk about some of the things that we could do for for rental income uh, and such, and so. We had this extraordinary meeting Uh, on the way over in the car, uh, the fellow who was introducing us said, when you meet him, said to me, when you meet him, you should call him Muzi, which means like older, it's a respectful way of saying older uncle uh, in, in Luganda, the local language. And and Jay turns to me and says, you do not call him that. (laughs) You call him his excellency, Mr. President. (laughs) You do not call him that. So anyway, we we walk in where it's an empty parliament where we we got to meet him. And so (laughs) Jay goes ahead of me. And this is before COVID. So we could shake his hand. And uh, so, you know, your excellency, it's a a pleasure meeting you. and, And she sits down. And then I come along behind her and I, I shake his hand and then I go for the double handshake. I'm it isn't. I am so honored to meet you. And she was furious. Jay <laughs> looked at me like, what are you doing? And so anyway, we sat down and we had this uh, surreal conversation where we talk for about five, 10 minutes about the company and about the technology and the solutions we offer. And then for the next 40 minutes, we had this very personal conversation where he asked us very personal questions about: Are you married? What, what, you know, what religion are you? <laughs> you know, tell me about your parents. It was a, it was a surreal conversation. And then he looks at me and he says, "So, how many grandchildren do I have?" And at first, uh, I, I didn't understand. And then, it, then I realised what he was actually asking me. And I said, sir, you have three beautiful granddaughters refer- referring to my own children. <laughs> you know. And I, and I went on to talk about them. And he was smiling and, and <laughs> very happy. And, and we ended up getting the contract. So it worked. <laughs> and Jay, Jay, yeah, <laughs> to this day, she's like, I can't believe you did that. So it was... <laughs> It was very
0: interesting. And following your instincts and developing the rapport and and obviously sharing values around family, that's just an incredible story. Uh, and I know a lot of countries, a lot of companies um, are, are a little timid to enter the African market for a variety of reasons. So it's, it's such a statement to both you and Jay and, and the Ripple Nami team for being able to to do what others um, dare to do, uh, haven't dared to do, and then to be able to be so successful and to earn the trust, uh, the credibility, and obviously the impact that you've um, provided these these countries and these regions that are deploying your, your technology solutions. Um, let me just wrap up our, our interview because I would love for you, because you are such a shining example um, being a globetrotter and having the opportunity to work around the, the globe, um, both in the, in, the, in the life sciences and now in the tech world. What do you say to the women out there, to the women and girls who are watching this podcast uh, that are looking at you and seeing a lot of themselves in you? Um, that are looking for inspiration, that are looking for a chance for them to be able to contribute their talent to the world of STEM. And what is your vision and what is your advice to those girls that are considering going into the world of STEM career or really questioning, should I stay here? Um, given all, sure. the, all the, the noise that's, that's happening in the, the market today.
1: Yeah, yeah, sure. So I, I think firstly, um, get your degree. Uh, even though, uh, you know, I'm a I'm a, a perfect example where uh, I I got a degree in in a, a field that I'm ob- obviously not working with now. I mean, there's there's there were lessons there that I've certainly taken with me, which has been wonderful. But uh, it's not a field that I'm I I ended up working with. But get that degree. That's the first thing. Because even if you pivot to a different kind of career that stays with you and that opens up doors that uh, if you don't have that it makes the it makes things so much harder so that would be my first um, piece of advice uh, and the 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 next piece of advice would be um, to really believe in yourself uh, I think when I first came to America um, I really sold myself short and, and it limited my, my career in a way. So, I mean, I had this amazing career in Australia. I had reached uh, a very high level in, in what became an $8 billion company uh, in Australia, Sintel um, that, that, Optus. And, uh, and what I was doing, I loved what I was doing. I was doing amazing things um, all around the world. And, and coming to America and having to start again Um, I really took a step down uh, in my career path I think because of a a lack of belief or confidence in myself and I I should not have done that Um, I took a job I needed to I needed to work obviously and I took a job that was really um, not fitting to the skill set that I had gained in Australia uh, and I'm thinking, well, for a whole plethora of reasons of self-doubt and and, and whatnot. And I, that step down uh, has probably, I mean, it was a where I ended up has been wonderful. And I and I took a lot of wonderful things from from that company. Um, the culture was great. The people were great. I learned a lot. But in terms of my salary, and uh, it took it set me back several several years um, and I really should have waited and aimed higher than what I was and if I had have had that belief in myself I, I, I wouldn't have stifled myself uh, as much as much as I did it worked out it, everything worked out perfectly I, I love what I do I love my job I love the company that I work for um, and I've made up that ground but I could have made that ground so much earlier had I had more uh, faith, I guess, in my own uh, ability and in what I had learned and, and grown through my earlier career. So I think those are the two biggest takeaways uh, in, in terms of advice that I can offer other women out there.
0: Well, you are a spectacular uh Uh, example of the Athena uh, woman. And so I just want to acknowledge you. I want to celebrate you. And I hope that your story and your career journey inspires all the women that are um, participating in this um, podcast. So on behalf of Women's History Month, I want to thank you for being our featured uh, guest here on our Blueprint for Success. Thank you, Amy.
1: Holly, it was a pleasure. Lovely to talk
0: to you likewise and we'll be having some more news to share with our audience as athena and ripple nami are looking to launch a athena membership uh, to the women of uh, of uganda and we'll we'll leave that teaser there but we're super excited to to have you in our studio and thank you again for sharing your story thank you and that wraps up this edition of our blueprint for success and want to thank our partners at Qualcomm Uh, And we'll see you next time at this Blueprint for Success.